So as most of you know, I'm doing my Master of Divinity degree at the Vancouver School of Theology, VST. It's the degree that's required for ordination in the United Church of Canada, and so today is Theological Sunday. It's the day when VST asks all of their students to go out and preach in their different churches and also to stay and chat after service about all the wonderful educational opportunities that VST has to offer. So I will be at a table at the fellowship hall after worship to talk about education and VST and whatever else might be on your mind. Um, Now, one of the things I oversee here at St. George's is the children's programming. So you might think, oh, obviously they chose this passage because Ingrid is preaching. But actually, Ryan and I selected all the scriptures for the year back in July, and I didn't know I would be preaching this Sunday until last month, and so I thought that was quite wonderful. So would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts serve to draw us nearer and nearer to you, our strength, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Now, if you know me, you know that I care deeply about children's ministry. It's not that I see children as the church's future. It is that I see children as a part of the present church. And I could probably give you a really rousing 20 minutes from up here about the importance and value of investing in excellent children and youth ministry. But I'm actually just going to save that one for another day. (laughs) I don't know about you, but when I read this scripture or have it read to me, I have a certain image that comes to mind. Jesus and his disciples on a sunny hillside. He's seated on a stump. I don't know why. And he's got the disciples sitting all around, and he's teaching them something important, no doubt. In the distance, the sound of children's laughter. Enter onto the scene, a gaggle of small children laughing, lovely, skipping along the path towards Jesus. One of the disciples jumps up, tries to block their way, and Jesus shoes him to the side, welcoming the children onto his knee and at his feet. Everyone is laughing and smiling and having a great old time with Uncle Jesus. (laughs) How wonderful. Truly, we find heaven in the face of a smiling child. End of story, closed book, nice and tidy. How nice. But, but these children in my mind's eye aren't really like any of the real children I know. <laughs> They're the ones of storybooks and after-school specials, and that doesn't jive with the Jesus I know in Scripture. The Jesus I meet in Scripture talks about real-life stuff, The Jesus I meet in scripture talks about the messy, nitty-gritty, blood, sweat, and tears of real life. So either Jesus is out of character here, or this image is way off. Like most bits of the Bible, there's a lot of layers here, so let's start with context. We're in chapter 10 of Mark's gospel with this story, and just before this in chapter 9, Jesus asks his disciples what they're arguing about. And they're totally embarrassed because they're fighting over which one of them is the greatest. (laughs) 
not exactly their finest moment. And he says, whoever wants to be first of all must be last of all and servant to all. And he picks up a child and says, whoever welcomes one such child welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. So then we have today's reading where people are actually bringing children to Jesus and the disciples speak sternly to them, turning them away. Jesus sees this and the text says he was indignant. I love that, indignant. If we go to the dictionary, we find indignant, feeling or showing anger at unfair or unjust treatment. Indignant Jesus calls the children to him saying that the kingdom of God belongs to those who come to it like children. Okay, okay, so what is this really about? It's important to know that children have zero status in ancient Israel. They are less than women, less than foreigners, less than just about everybody. They aren't even considered people yet. They have no power no influence, no rights, especially these children, who we can understand are the children of the lowest classes of adults. There is a certain invisibility of children. This is a bit of a different context than we live in today. I'm not saying children are always seen and valued for who they are today, but there is a different regard for children today. I think we see this most clearly when there is a loss of life with a child. We all feel tragedies deeply, but when there is a tragedy involving children, it gets us in a deeper place. Maybe we hold well to the promise that children embody, like they hold possibility in their little bodies. Another key thing to know in learning about this story is how important status was in the ancient world, even to the disciples. Jesus rebukes them over and over about their status-seeking, about their focus on distinctions of rank and their self-understanding as holding a superior ethical standard. This one is maybe not quite so different from today. We might hear echoes of this in our own attachments to the job titles we have, or the letters after our name, or the neighborhoods we live in, or the car we drive. So, as the writer of Mark's gospel tells it, the disciples try to bar the children from having access to Jesus, and Jesus' indignation at this barrier teaches us a lot. Some of the least important, most marginalized want to be with him, and the ones learning at his feet try to to keep them away. Jesus sees this as injustice. Let them come to me, he says. Do not stop them. This is who the kingdom of God belongs to. Not the disciples, not the ones following him around, listening to his teachings, the ones on the outside. Jesus makes, us, makes it known to us here that the ones who society calls outcasts, the ones who are told they're not enough, 
not right. The ones that society pushes to the edges, to the margins, are the ones, the very ones who find belonging in God's kingdom, in God's precious family. Last week we heard the story of the mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds that grows into the biggest bush that offers shelter to all the birds of the air. Who do these seeds belong to? One's out there. Now, I want to go back to this idea of storybook children because when we see depictions of this story, they're like this. And we have Jesus saying, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And so we can be misled into thinking this requires blind obedience, willing participation, unquestioning acceptance. These are not the children I meet in real life. Certainly not my own children. Come over to my house for dinner and see my children question and challenge pretty much everything that comes out of my mouth. Come on downstairs on a Sunday morning and hear the conversations we have sometimes. Whoa! As I mentioned before, the Jesus I know meets me in the sticky, messy reality of what it means to be human. And so his insistence that we come to faith like children comes from that grounded and earthly human place. So forget about the storybook children. Forget about the children that are seen and not heard. Forget about the leave-it-to-beaver depiction of children. Let's talk about real human children. The children I know wonder deeply. Ask frequently. Laugh fearlessly. The children I know are wildly concerned with justice and fairness and equality. The children I know feel deeply. Exuberant joy, crushing frustration, powerful anger, fearless love. The children I know are also vulnerable and dependent. This paints a different picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus doesn't tolerate our questioning, our challenging, our big feelings, or our utter dependence. He requires it. So we have these two bits here. The kingdom of God, that peace and justice in the hearts and minds of all creation, the reconciliation of all things belonging to the ones on the outside. And the reality of how Jesus calls us to be, the truthfulness he demands of us. In these three little verses... Jesus is all about how to be in relationship with God, flipping society's expectations on their head. He says, this ain't no insider's club. Truth is, it's easier if in all the other places of your life you just don't fit. Jesus also says the more questions, the better. Jesus tells us to bring our real selves, no faking it. Because listen, children... They do not fake it. 
Now, there may be some bad news here for some of us sitting in church today, for those of us who do hold status, white, middle class, educated. Jesus is kind of saying to us, this might be harder for you. Don't get me wrong. Since I joined this community of faith, I have been absolutely blown away by folks here. And I think most of us are. Incredibly faithful, justice-seeking Jesus followers, and most of us do also hold a certain amount of privilege. And so Jesus confronts us, challenges us to take a look at those spots, the places where we are conforming to how society wants us to behave instead of conforming ourselves to Christ. It might be uncomfortable to consider who we might like to keep pressed safely to the margins, tucked outside. It may not be children for us. I mean, it may be. Who would we like to keep just out there? And what if we heard Jesus say, nope, not you sitting in the pew there. Nope. But the one that is just outside. That's the one that the kingdom of God belongs to. Maybe this is an uncomfortable consideration, but it's okay to be uncomfortable. I watched a TED Talk this week that said, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Jesus calls us into some discomfort. So then it's worth wondering, perhaps wondering as a child, who are we in this story? If we take a minute, where are we? Are we the disciples arguing over who's the greatest, trying to keep Jesus to ourselves? Making barriers to the most vulnerable to make it to Jesus for his blessing? Are we the children? Not the storybook children but the real bruised and laughing, arguing and challenging children we know. Last week, for no discernible reason, I was in the state of mind as a child. of a child. I dropped Xander off and ran back to the car, and I jumped off the curb, <laughs> hopped in the car, and Ellis said to me, you looked like a kid when you did that. I bet I did. I felt joy. Didn't care who saw me. I just felt full and happy and alive. And a few days later, I was getting Ella ready for her dance photos. It's my first year as a competitive dance mom. And I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I was afraid of looking stupid. I was afraid of forgetting things. I was afraid of getting something wrong. I suppose who we identify with in the story changes all the time. Sometimes I am the storybook child, ignoring the truth of who I am and what I feel. Sometimes I am the real child, prodding, laughing, wondering. Sometimes I feel completely vulnerable and dependent on God. And sometimes I am the disciple, concerned about what others think of me, wondering about my rank and my place. What I can be sure of, though, through all of it, 
what my own experience tells me, what the scriptures tell me over and over and over again is that I am, that we are adopted as God's own children through Jesus Christ. And that we are loved and we are nurtured as we are. And that just like Jesus did on that hillside with those children that day, we are scooped up into his loving arms and we are blessed. May we dare to live into the truth of this awesome, real love. Amen.